0: a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks losing your V-card means you've been banned from blockbusters.
1: Hello, all
0: and welcome back to Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from Metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, I'll be checking your profiles for X talking to Ruby Rare about our first sexual experiences and I'll be reading your fabulous stories about the times you discovered your new kinks and fetishes. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review, and And I hope you're ready because I'm about to pop your cherry. Hello, 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 dearest listener. OK, quick question. Does your dating profile have an ick? Oh, come on. We all know what icks are by now, don't we? It's those things that make you go... Hmm. But do you have any on your dating profile that might be putting people off? So according to Tinder, bios should be between 15 to 45 words and 30% of us get the ick if it's got bad spelling and grammar. So take a bit of time right now to take a look at your profile and refresh it with some of these handy tips from Auntie Miranda. Number one, show people what makes you you. You are, after all, the only one. So give a great first impression. And the best way to do that is by being yourself. With 51% of young singles saying that a bio stands out for all the right reasons when someone gives a bit of insight into their personality. Also, let them know about your favourite hobbies. Because similar interests matter. We all like to have stuff in common. And also, it is a great conversation starter. Even if you say, hey, I like dogs, that means that someone can say, I like dogs too. Or even, I like cats. Why do you like dogs? Do you See what I mean? Conversations. They're great. Uh, And also, you could try to make it a bit more interesting rather than just, oh, I like going out and I like staying in. Boring. Next, be honest about what kind of relationship you're looking for and don't just give a great big list of what you want in someone else. We're here for fun, after all, not just to fulfill your every desire. Look, All of these things is to say that you need to use the bio. Please don't leave your bio blank. It's not mysterious. It's a turn off. And honestly, the next profile that I see that's got, hey, want to find out about me? just ask i am gonna set it on fire no no you are not that interesting (laughs) oh i hate that look this article has got loads of great advice on what you can do to spice up your profile and get rid of the icks including what kind of pictures you should take so head over to make sure your dating profile isn't an ick with these top tips over at metro.co.uk to find out more but obviously not before my fabulous chat with this week's guest Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, this week's guest is the big sister on social media that you've always wanted, handing out sex advice without shame or judgment. She's an ambassador for Brooke and clearly passionate about educating people of all ages, which you will see very soon on her debut television show, Sex Rated, coming soon to E4. This week, she's here to talk to me about preparing yourself for your first sexual experience. It's the stunning Ruby Rare. Hello, Ruby hello what an intro oh my gosh I loved it you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome I, I feel like I'm so I'm so excited and I feel like this is such a topic that we don't we don't talk about it enough when it comes to the age ranges of people like yes we're talking about losing your virginity when you're younger but after the age of like you know secondary school then it just seems to drop off and you know it just seems that it's all been taken for granted. So I'm so excited to talk to you about that but first of all please tell us a bit about yourself and introduce yourself to our lovely listeners.
1: Oh okay so I have been talking about Sex and relationships, and all the naughty things that we're told that we shouldn't be talking or thinking about for eight years now. Professionally, I I spent a long time working at Brook, which is a wonderful sexual health charity, and now I'm very proud to be one of their ambassadors. And part of the reason why I'm fascinated by this is my own personal identities. I'm I'm non-monogamous and I'm queer, and I'm kind of in the in a vague gender queer soup that still is to be determined. Who knows? Gender's weird. And so I kind of want to be able to talk about all of those things with a lot of kindness and compassion, because I think almost all of us are introduced to sex and intimacy from a place of fear and shame. And mm. that, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be the case for any of us. We all deserve to explore these things from a place of curiosity and excitement so I'm just trying to do my bit with loads of other people to make that happen and that's all ages I it's funny talking about this topic because for five years I was going into schools and teaching sex ed lessons with young people and then I was talking about virginity all the time and it was something that I got asked so many questions about and actually now that I work more with adults it's not a topic that comes up as often, and it's mm. really important to talk about. So I'm just really excited to like nerd out about it with you today.
0: And it's certainly like it's definitely not talked about when it comes to the queer community, I feel like when you look at sex education, mm.
1: oh my gosh, completely. It
0: just it's completely wiped out. It's all very heteronormative. So let's go back to the beginning. You you were working for Brooke, and then you went onto social media and you built up this massive following of people. What kind of things were people coming to you asking advice for?
1: oh my gosh everything i mean so much stuff around pleasure and particularly orgasms because i th- i think there's something there that for lots of people lots of women who were following me and asking me questions it was that permission of of being able to say that sex is difficult sometimes mm. and you know the confidence to be able to communicate about your pleasure and advocate for your pleasure in relationships and I think just in the eight years that I've been doing this work, actually, the landscape has really changed. There's still so much to do, but I think the majority of people have a much better base in terms of what they're expecting from sex and how consent and pleasure and health are all kind of woven into those conversations a little bit more. It's, you know, it's a gradual thing. There's still so much to be done. But I think underneath Emily Nagoski, who's a brilliant writer who talks about loads of sex research she's got this phrase that I really agree with whenever a student of hers was coming up and asking her a question underneath, whatever that question was, the very root of it is, am I normal?
0: Yes. Yeah. And when
1: it's bodies, when it's sex, when it's feelings, I think it always comes down to that. All of us are always quite nervous of just like, oh, am I doing it right? And I want to try and be that person who's going like, "Yes, you are normal is not the same for everyone like we're we're all we're all different, and it's not about trying to fit into what other people's versions of normal are, but that what you're doing and experiencing as long as it's not causing you pain or other people' pain i I want that to be okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. Because also, it's so weird, because there's no, there's no reference to it, is there? There's no reference to what normal is. You can't just look on the internet and go, I mean, the very worst thing you can do is look on the internet. and go, <laughs> Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and stay away. Don't do it. So let's go back to the beginning when it comes to people's sexual experiences at whatever age where is your what is your first piece of advice when it comes to someone experiencing their first uh sexual moment
1: well the first thing is around going at your own pace and trying to separate your own experience from whatever that perceived version of normal is which we've all just created it's this social constructed thing no one's actually doing that we're all just aspiring to a fictional version of like the perfect way to do something so that's the first thing, but something that goes alongside that is really reframing what virginity is and what it might look like or mean to you to have sex for the first time. I don't really like using the phrase virginity, and I don't really like the idea of losing your virginity because then what like if you lose your virginity, like where does it go? What happened? Like, I don't yeah. that doesn't <laughs> understand, that doesn't mean anything to me. Experiencing sexual pleasure and sexual intimacy is about gaining experience and knowledge. It's not about losing something. It's not about handing something over to somebody else. Um, I think the way, the language that we use is always really fascinating in terms of the values that we put to things. And, you know, there's something really transactional about losing virginity. There's something, there's, there's like a physical, there's a loss there. And I want to think about sex as a potential for gain like and a collaboration as well if we're thinking about partnered sex which is often the kind of typical way of the typical way that we see virginity is like man woman having sex which involves a penis going into a vagina and that's the first time that you've had sex like for lots of people that isn't the sex that is going to actually appeal to them because maybe because of sexuality but also just because of pleasure we know that for the vast majority of women um, like penis and vagina sex isn't the most pleasurable because it actually doesn't stimulate the clitoris as much as loads of other wonderful, sexy things that you can do. And when we focus on again, air quotes, whenever I say virginity, you've just got to imagine air quotes, basically, (laughs) whenever we think about losing your virginity, it is so dependent on another person being there and it being partnered sex. And that really devalues masturbation, Which I also think about as kind of solo sex because that's valid. That's a form of sexual pleasure. So when I look back at my own experiences, I first had sex with someone else who was a, like, I, who is male when I was 15. And for years, that was the way that I, that was the moment where I was like, I lost my virginity then. That is when I started having sex. Actually, now when I look back on it, I had been exploring solo sex. years before then and actually I'd already had some sexual encounters with with like it's so weird saying women because it's not women but like teenage girls who were my age as well and I just completely I devalued those experiences because the cultural script had told me that that wasn't what sex looked like So I know that's a big old ramble, but that's a really important part of this, is actually what do we mean when we're talking about this? Now loads of sex educators kind of use the phrase sexual debut, because I think there's something quite lovely and dramatic about that. I can imagine like, you know, red velvet curtains (laughs) rising or something really beautiful.
0: Oh, I want to go to my sexual debutante ball. Yeah. Oh my God, wouldn't that be gorgeous? (laughs) Oh, my God. Give me a, a corsage, a massage yeah. and corsage. That's what I'm going to call mm-hmm. my my sexual debut. Brilliant. <laughs> I love that.
1: Isn't it gorgeous? And it's just it rephrases it again. It's like a different what that does to our to your brain when you don't have all of the kind of weighted expectations of what language means. I really enjoy it. And it gives us opportunity for there to be many sexual debuts in our lives, dependent on the different types of sex that we're having with different people, different experiences.
0: And also could cut out a lot of shame and stigma that we see when it comes to gender and sexuality. Because like you just said about many of us have had our sexual debuts with people of the same gender, people of the same, you know, who identify as if you're a woman, maybe, you know, who also identify as, as women because we're just trying stuff out but it's always that thing of like oh I might have kissed a girl in college oh I kissed a guy in college or something like that it's like well that is a sexual debut that is you trying and if we look at that as a, as we if we normalize that then we can normalize different genders different sexualities and rather than just being like oh well that makes you that makes you put in this kind of box do you know what I mean does that make
1: mm. yeah completely and and also even on the other on the other kind of flip side of that that hopefully if people who are older and discovering new things about their sexuality yes it's okay a a piece of advice that I gave my sibling a few years ago when they came out as queer and were kind of dating in a queer way for the first time they I don't think they'd realized that they were putting so much pressure on themselves to know exactly what to do when it came Mm. to sex and I had to do that little reminder of being like this is new like go back try and think about the nurture that you that you wish you could have given your teenage self when you were discovering parts of your sexuality for the first time back then. And try and do that now, because mm. it's so weird when you're a grown-up to be like, oh, well, I have to know everything. I've got I've got to know how, I've, I've got to understand exactly what, like, this new, maybe, uh, like, way of having sex or, like, different genitals or different activities. Like, I've just got to be totally fine with it, and it's embarrassing if I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that is that has a real potential to kill pleasure and fun like it's it's Mm. so okay at any age going into a sexual experience and not knowing what you're doing it's because then it's it's an opportunity to ask questions and to learn and explore and all of that should be okay
0: what are the kind of questions that you find that you're asking people to ask themselves when it comes to a sexual debut rather than losing when it comes to quote marks losing your virginity because back in the day it'd be like oh do you love them have you got a relationship with you blah 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 and all those very old-fashioned questions what are the questions that you find that you want people to ask themselves in 2023
1: that's such a good question okay I'll get the boring stuff out of the way first first of all sexual health stuff like STI testing condoms lube which can really help with obviously with sexual pleasure but also some things with sexual health in terms of condoms not breaking all of that kind of stuff that we want to make sure is happening um and then consent is the other really essential thing the way that I ask that is like if you're if you're looking to have sex with someone and you're wanting to ask questions about it is this someone who you can confidently have a conversation about sexual health and consent with because if you can't that's a really clear piece of evidence around how safe you feel in communicating stuff and if you can't have a conversation about contraception or consent i i don't think that seems like a great person to be having sex with particularly for like a first time experience so that's a really good one a second thing is about what what a what does creating an environment that is going to invite sexual exploration look like what does it feel like for you to be in an environment where you feel safe and excited and nurtured and that looks really different for different people but i think we take it for granted that I, like the setting around sex is is really really important and so Sometimes that's a logistical thing if it's around like, okay, I want to make sure that no one's at home when this is happening. If that's a time when your roommate is out for the afternoon, that might be useful because you're not thinking, oh, God, can anyone hear me? I chat a lot to people now that I'm a bit older and I get questions from slightly older people around like navigating childcare and trying to have sex. That's you know that's really complicated, but maybe for younger people, it's like where where's a place where you're going to feel safe? You're not going to feel like anyone's barging in, or you're going to be half your brain's going to be like listening out for someone coming in, or some, something like that. Um, that that feels really important. And also another thing that I another question I love asking is like, is this someone that you can have a laugh with if something goes a bit wrong? Because whether it's your first time or your 500th time having sex, weird stuff happens, weird noises occur. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go for a really sexy kiss and then your teeth flash together. And to create a space where those things are not only okay, but they actually add to the experience because it's a moment where you can have, you can be playful and you can laugh with each other. I think a sense of humor is something that's really essential for For sex for lots of people. So, again, just like inviting that as a way that they think about this person. And you're right, it's less about are you in love? Is this person someone who you're going to spend the rest of your life with? But the 2023 version of reframing that, I think, is is this someone who I respect? Is this someone who respects me? Is there a mutual care there between us? And that can still exist in really casual sex you could you know it's not i don't think casual means careless it's just about creating a space where there there is a mutual respect there and that could be someone that you've been going out with for months and months that could be someone who you met 5 minutes ago and you're both really horny and you
0: really want to roll around together <laughs> and what about resources so a lot of people might think that porn for instance oh let's go and look at porn but that's obviously not how real sex works um and so what kind of places are you pointing people to um especially when it comes to stuff that's not heteronormative
1: yeah i i know that i'm i feel like a broken record at this point but it is just really brilliant i think brooke's online resources are amazing so brooke.org.uk that's their website and they have loads of really good kind of verified information that is Medical and approved, and isn't you like going on TikTok and just hearing someone chat about something? You know, it's really legit information about sexual health stuff, but they also have loads of really good blog posts from young people talking about their own experiences, and so that is a really great resource in terms of watching porn. I just try to remove porn from your own real life sexual experiences because I think it's unrealistic to ask anyone to not engage with porn if it's something that is part of their their kind of solo sex life or mutual sex life as well. But understanding that porn is an entertainment form that's often quite exaggerated um, or kind of edited and curated in a particular way because it's for entertainment purposes and the real the sex that you have in your real life is likely to look quite different from that. So managing your expectations around it. I, I can't imagine going into sex for the first time being like, I'm going to be a porn star is going to set you or your partners up for a great time. (laughs) It's like the the best, the best phrase of that is like, I think, you know, thinking about porn is like formula one racing of these are people who like professionally do it. They really know what they're doing. Like I struggle to parallel park still. And I think, you know, that's quite apt when I'm thinking about my own sex life as well. (laughs) You're just pootling along, driving around where other, you know, the porn industry and world is this like, super glossy racetrack and both of those things are lovely in their own ways but just to like there's a beauty to just you know being able to poodle around and go for a drive
0: you can you can still you can still be a driver but sometimes we all love going on a stag or a hen weekend at a go-kart race like that's oh my gosh
1: st- of course yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually almost a really nice thing with that analogy actually is that it's really not about One thing that I hear a lot from young people and from adults as well is around this kind of fascination with technique of being like, okay, well, there's a, there's a code to crack for every sex act. There is a thing to do, and this is the way. And I think that really limits the play and exploration that we can experience with sex. There's actually, there's a really, really brilliant book called Magnificent Sex, which is to academics who did this study around what magnificent sex looks like because so often studies are around like sexual dysfunction or how sex becomes as painful or what fine sex looks like and actually they turned it on their heads and they were like no what what would like really amazing sex what does that look like how do we achieve that and spoke to loads and loads of people. All of their findings are just fascinating. But one thing that I loved was that all of the kind of magnificent lovers that they interviewed, technique was something that they all like rolled their eyes at, of being like, okay, it's not about that. It's about intuitive touch and and being collaborative, asking questions and being able to take direction well, not going in being like, I know everything. I'm like a sex god. I can do anything. It being much more intuitive
0: I love that. I love the idea that it's it's more about improvisation than sticking to a script it's
1: let's bin the script sexual scripts are boring let's let's just make up our own stuff.
0: <laughs> make it up on the fly yes and it go for it but with consent obviously what about when it comes to those when it comes to things like techniques and I don't mean like the prescriptive techniques but but there might be some people out there who are trying for their first time foreplay and oral sex and you know there's probably someone who's just like but do I do I have to give a blow job do they have to give me a blowjob? Uh, what about oral sex do I have to do it what happens where do you start when it comes to the the foreplay
1: well all of those questions come from the sexual scripts that we've been given of like well but this is how the order it's meant to happen and you have to do all these things and so a really important thing with that is reminding anyone listening to this that sex does not need to look like anything that you've seen or heard about before as long provided that things are consensual and that you're checking in with each other there's no rules for what happens or what order it happens in if you don't feel like oral sex either receiving it or giving it that's okay like it's it's about being able to communicate that with each other another really nice thing to remind people about is that if you're trying things for the first time like often nervousness and excitement can sit really closely together, but we can absorb it all and just feel really nervous. Like take, for example, that like, oh God, I'm going, I'm giving this person a blowjob for the first time. And that might be the first time that you've ever given a blowjob. That might be the first time that you're having sex with this person in particular Actually, to be able to, uh, so much of the nervousness that we're feeling is linked to some kind of shame and us pushing down those feelings and being like, I shouldn't feel this. I should pretend. I should act like I know what I'm doing. And I would really invite anyone feeling like that to share that feeling with their partner. and would be like, oh, I've not done this before. I'm like, I'm excited. I'm a bit nervous. We like, let me know what I'm doing. If there's anything that I can, you know, asking for feedback so that you know that your partner's enjoying themselves all of that stuff is just lovely in it. And it kind of just takes the pressure off you having to perform like you know what you're doing because it's really okay to not know everything that you're doing. It's okay to be giving things a go.
0: It takes it from just being sexual into being intimate. It takes away, mm. you know, it, it makes you vulnerable and it brings you, I would say that that's the kind of thing that would bring you closer together on an intimate heart feeling emotional scale rather than just being like right let's and it's also
1: intimate does not need need to mean like rose petals and eye gazing and declarations of love forever you know i i want you can you can have intimacy and things still feel really filthy and sexy and i'm Mm. so all for that i don't want to sanitize sex at all but i think it's we're kidding ourselves if we're trying to remove those emotions from sex because even if there's Even if it's casual, there's still some feelings involved. And I think we need to respect our feelings and other people's feelings.
0: Mm, yes and what about when it comes to your sexual debuts and debuts that you've heard from other people have you heard any I really want to go into like you said like this is the am I normal bit of the podcast so have there be times are there little educational lessons that you've learned that you pass on to people or that you've heard from other people where you're just like you are normal this is this is the kind of thing you can expect
1: well I think uh, you know my early interest in talking about relationships and sex came from my earlier experiences, where the, the first time I had the, what I considered at the time me losing my virginity with a boy who was my age and us having penis in vagina sex. It wasn't a bad experience, but I I didn't feel particularly emotionally equipped for it. And neither of us had been given any kind of inkling that we were allowed to talk about it around the sex happening and I think both of us were really nervous and unable to communicate it properly I don't I don't regret doing it but I remember walking back home and being like god there was so much pressure around around having sex at the right time and like you know I think some people can feel really pressured around having sex at different times in school of being like, well, you can't leave. You can't like go into sick form without having sex. You can't have, you can't go to like have finished sick form without having sex, whatever it is. And And I really want to put that in the bin because that's not useful for anyone and we all go at our own pace. But I... I didn't I think I I wish that I'd been able to talk to myself and my partner and other people in my life a bit more about the vulnerable stuff attached to it. So it's just me. I think that's a big thing around inviting people to feel into that vulnerability a bit more. I also I've got a friend of mine who um, the first time she kind of decided to wait a bit later in her life to have sex for the first time. And so I think she was around 20 and it, I just love this story because it's so like it's so glamorous and it's so like overly performative, but in a really really brilliant way, where she decided that she wanted to have sex and she was dating this very handsome man who, and she was living in Paris at the time, and she was like, "Okay, today's the day, I'm going to do it," and she kind of woke up and decided, and. She was so chuffed with herself and had a really fun time, and had already planned that when she left her left his apartment and she was walking home, she would listen to the song "Creature of the Night" from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is like and so I just have this image of her like walking the streets of Paris at night listening to that song being like, "I've done it, I've fucking done it and i Love that. So, you know, there's, there can be a joy in, in a bit of that kind of performative aspect of it. And there are so many like funny, silly things that go wrong. I've I've spoken to lots of people in the past where they've been really keen to have sex. um, And then for whatever reason, like, They've they've been baffled by how you put a condom on correctly, and they've been too worried about if they've got it wrong or not. That actually, by the time they do, they're like, I think the moment's passed. I think we just need to try again. (laughs) You know, (laughs) all of those lovely things of being like, sometimes things just things just happen, and you're not in the mood anymore, and that's that's all right. Um, Everyone has got different debut stories, and I really I love them. I think that we should be able to cherish them because they're they they're really exciting moments for lots of people and then also we have to acknowledge that for some they're wrapped up with really complicated feelings as well
0: yeah definitely I think this this is one of the reasons why I think the the term sexual debut is such a brilliant one because as you said there are times when a quote marks losing your virginity is not is not a good experience for for someone, um, but if you're lose, if you're making your sexual debut, then there are it opens up a whole new world um, of different things that people can try and people, things people can do with many different people. Um, and what about but. When it comes to setting expectations, so again, we've got this whole thing of like, oh, my God, it's going to be bright lights and fireworks. What kind of things can someone do when it comes to setting their expectations of how they're going to feel and what will happen afterwards and and just generally how they're going to be feeling?
1: Well, for some people, there's definitely that like bright lights expectation. But actually, I think for lots of people and particularly women, will women who are having sex with men, the lessons that we're taught is it's going to hurt. Mm. It's like, you'll bleed, it will hurt, but you'll get, it will you, it will be over soon and you'll get used to it. And that is absolutely, that is complete garbage advice. And I think incredibly dangerous to all of our well-beings and our expectations of how, of, of how we are in sexual situations. So it, there's a lot of work to be done to flip that script and talk about the fact that it's not like, you know, lube is an essential part of sex and it's especially an essential part of sexual debuts, especially, I'm saying especially like a hundred times, especially if that involves penetration, if that's vaginal Mm. or anal penetration, lube is really, really important because you don't want to use lube as a substitute for being aroused and for taking enough time for everybody to warm up and really be in the mood. But it's just a really useful tool so that everything just flows a little bit more smoothly because if you're having sex and it hurts pause it like you shouldn't be feeling discomfort and sometimes that's about not feeling aroused enough and your body not responding and kind of creating its own natural lubricant but I've spoken to loads of people who have heard that message and actually had like had vaginismus without knowing it and then went mm. through years of incredibly painful sex because their body was, was not in a place where it was wanting to be penetrated and yet they were kind of taught and told to push through that pain. So if there's pain, have a pause. Think about what you need. Ask your partner for some support or comfort or some other lovely things that are useful and really treat it as a collaborative thing um and and again with the really with the kind of really high expectations it's going okay let's just let's just lower them down a little bit <laughs> but I think the more the more you can go into any experience with kind of few expectations, the more potential you have to have a really fun time because you're not going to be judging it against this like fictional version of you having the best time ever so just try to take the moment for what it is. Trying to, like, be in the moment is a really good piece of advice for sex.
0: And now, when it comes to fun times, let's talk about sex-rated. New TV show, E4, Rylan, very exciting. Tell us <laughs> about that. How is that? What kind of things do you delve into?
1: Oh, my God, we talk about it all on there. I mean, everyone on the show has is definitely not a virgin. Their the sexual debuts have happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot
0: but they've they've been to the debutante ball they've got the. they t-shirt. really have we've all been to the debutante ball several
1: times over we're all having a fab time but it's it's a really it's a show that where we're able to dive into that kind of vulnerability of people talking about sex in a really intimate way which I still don't think we do very often so I'm there teaching people loads of new things about pleasure and intimacy I like it's amazing um it was so much fun to make and I think I taught Rylan a thing or two as well which I always feel very
0: smug about (laughs) always a notch on the bedpost isn't it that's a sexual debut in itself uh was there anything in particular that kept coming up that was a, a common theme or is that like just in general in your whole career what is the thing that you're like oh my god if I could put this on the national curriculum about sex education it would be this
1: well, the national sex education curriculum still doesn't have the word pleasure in it once. Oh. So I think that's something that we really need to change because especially with young people, I think we're we're quite scared to talk about pleasure. And I think when you talk about sex without pleasure being involved, it really sets people up for failure. Like it's that there's it's something that's so interwoven with our understanding of sexual connection. And I want us all to be able to talk about that a bit more honestly and openly um, and that not be this kind of like dirty, forbidden, scary thing. And in the show, a thing that kept coming up was around confidence of people, Mm. you know, other people's partners, giving them feedback and saying really encouraging, lovely things. And actually, I think we all can be quite hard on ourselves and not feel feel maybe as sparkly as the people around us see, see us as. So I think there's there's a lot in terms of how we feel confident within ourselves. And that starts way before you kind of get to the sex. It's it's all about how we can be truly, I know it sounds really smulchy, but like self-love and being incredibly kind and compassionate to ourselves allows us to be kinder and more compassionate to other people and allows us to just shed a lot of that shame that we bring into our bedrooms and into our relationships. So That's something that I think is a real, like, there's a real kernel of truth in that that I want to talk about more and more.
0: I love that. Now, speaking about you talking, what about the book? Where can people find you? Where can people get more information and tell us, do tell us about Sex Ed for Adults?
1: Yeah, so if you like what I'm talking about and you want to learn more, I wrote an entire book about it. I wrote Sex Ed, a Guide for Adults, which is all the sex education that we didn't learn when we were younger, but now a bit more fun and spicy because we're grown-ups. And it's beautifully illustrated. It's if I if I say so myself, it's it's like a really fun thing to read. I didn't want to write like a boring manual. It's it's a real laugh. And so you can buy that in any good bookstore. And you can find me on social media. I'm Ruby Rare at most places. And just having a little silly time and going to be on telly soon. That'll be weird.
0: <laughs> uh, I cannot wait. I can't. I just can't wait to see Ryland's face once you teach him a thing or two. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. There, there's
1: some good reactions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Smart Drop, Ruby Rare.
1: Oh, what a pleasure. Thank you, babe.
0: I have once again delved into my massive fun bags. And I asked you for all your stories of when you discovered a new sexual adventure. Oh, how did you find your fetish? How did you kindle a kink? Well, Mark on Instagram, he has contacted me to say protruding belly buttons. Okay, Mark. Uh, He says an ex of mine had one and I was hooked. I loved it when she made me suck it. Do you know, that's a new one on me. I've never thought about protruding belly buttons. But yeah, I'm I'm on board. Go for it, Mark. Uh, Wilder on Twitter said, discovered I had a fetish for women in wellies at my first festival. All those short summer dresses with big, muddy wellies on. No idea, but I just couldn't look away. Well, Yeah, no, that is a video. I can see that. I yep. Yeah. Maybe it's the bare legs. Maybe it's the thought of all the feet being so hidden away. Maybe it's just the the contradiction between these lovely summer dresses and these big, massive wellies. That's food for Thought Wilder. I like it. Uh, Anonymous on Instagram, I'm keeping your name anon, don't worry about that, said, I love it when women play with my leg hair. But I only discovered it when someone accidentally started playing with mine on a bus... Because she forgot she wasn't sat next to her dog. (laughs) I just have this lovely picture of you sat with your shorts on and some woman just started twiddling with your leg hair because she thinks that it's her dog sat next to her. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Okay, next week, give me all of your sexy stories, your raunchy requests, your questions, your queries, tell me. All. You can contact me on Instagram where I'm here comes the cane again. You can slide into my DMs or contact me on Twitter as Miri Kane or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. SmutDrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you are enjoying this weekly roundup of raunchiness, then please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'm gonna be back to prick up your ears next week and remember don't do anything I wouldn't do but if you do then name it after me I'm ahead of the game <laughs>